0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Chris Lee. Commodore fans, on your feet. It's time to anchor down.
1: Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast, presented by Dr. Jody Jones DDS. We are part of the 440 Sports Network. I'm your host, Chris Lee. Our guest today, Andrew Allegretta. He is one of the play-by-play voices for Vanderbilt Athletics. We will talk about the win over Elon and the game coming up against Wake Forest. We have a new sponsor today, and this sponsor is sponsoring our guest line. Our new sponsor is Michael Kendrick of the Kendrick Group. Michael is a local carpenter and a longtime Vanderbilt fan. He builds bookshelves, cabinets, picture frames, furniture, And made to order items. If you've got sports memorabilia or something like that that you would like to have a case for, have made into furniture, Michael is your guy. I have had a signed Dale Murphy jersey for probably 15 years. I could not find anything that I wanted to display it in. So I went to Michael and said, make me something I can put this jersey in. I've got it up on my wall in my office now. It looks terrific. He's a true craftsman. And if you were in the market for some custom woodwork, give Michael a call or text his phone 615-830-9548 and tell him you heard about it on the podcast. Now on to our interview with Andrew. Andrew Allegretta joins us. It is Tuesday afternoon. I've gotten back home from Clark Lee's press conference we are about halfway between Elon and Wake Forest, and thanks for joining us today, Andrew.
0: Uh, as always, Chris, how are you?
1: Doing well. Um, I guess Vanderbilt is doing well at 2 and0, albeit I think Clark Lee obviously would have liked to close that game a little differently than he did, but they got the win, and it's probably better to learn lessons like that. When you win, than when you lose.
0: I would say so. I mean, he spoke to as much on the Commodore Hour Monday night, basically saying that, I mean, and this is his phrasing, not mine, that they let off the gas. Uh, And I think that was fairly obvious to see. What was hard for them to do is get back on the gas once they got off the gas a little bit there. Um, You know, it's it's a lesson to learn. Uh, I think it's coaching cliche that we're going to put together. You know, sixty minutes of football, or forty minutes of basketball, or nine innings of baseball—all three phases. Whatever. I, rarely do you have those games in which all of the phases, all of the time, work. But certainly Vanderbilt, understanding that they're not a team that that even if it's not working for you, can you mentally let off the gas? Um, and 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 Clark said as much. Either uh, I'm not breaking new ground there. Um, not a program at the moment that. That can't perform at its peak and be successful. Um, so, yeah, le- lesson learned. But they sit here two and zero with an offense that's put up more than a hundred points in the first two games. Uh, and, and generally speaking, there's been very clear progressions with this program in year two so far.
1: Yeah, and we were at the press conference today. I asked him, do you wish you'd played more guys? And he basically said, yeah, I, I think they felt like maybe they could have done that over again. Although there were some allusions to, in so many words, trust. I mean, it just was so humid that night. I, I do think, that, and look, this is, uh, in, in a way it's silly because Elon is an FCS team and they get fewer scholarships and so there's that too but I do think that I think Vanderbilt played 36 guys between offense and defense and having some of those guys maybe a little fresher at the end of the game and Clark Lee did say that we were about one score many points during the night to maybe going to some of those guys but anyway however it happened I I do think that had something to do with it perhaps.
0: Yeah, I, I would think so. I think the obvious position to point to would be the defensive line at this point, which is not necessarily the fault of, uh, you know, a purposeful rotations as it is um, increased throughout the course of, of course, last season and this year without without Davis, without Lee, without Babs. And I believe Ducati went down for a series or two throughout the course of that game, too. He came back in. Uh, but you're, you're talking about four guys that you can't go to right there. And I mean... Look to me, to me, the play of the game in terms of like this whole narrative that we're having right now about Vanderbilt not putting them away and all that kind of stuff, the play of the game that absolutely was able to keep them in it from an Elon, uh, from an Elon perspective was that 75 yard touchdown to Brave Boy. Um, and it, they, they had him, Bandy had him right there, 21 to nothing, a chance to, you know, kind of finish it off in the same way that, um, they finished off Hawaii, uh, at the start of the second half there. And they, just, they had a busted, busted assignment there. Was, you know, they just, I think the Ricky got a little bit shallow on his assignment uh, and he got beat over the top by a fast wide receiver uh, and, and credit to the quarterback McKay that made a good throw. So, you know, I, the, that's the margin though. Right, Chris, like if you are Vanderbilt and you've got somebody up against the ropes, your margin is one, Kind of shallow uh, field positioning by Derricky right away from taking that game and cementing it versus kind of this narrative that we're dealing with throughout the course of this week. So that's that's the margin there if you're Vanderbilt. I don't think I not think anybody internally is surprised by that margin. That's okay. It's just you know trying to <laughs> trying to get get better and and make those plays when you have them.
1: Well, and give the defense credit. Elon had the ball. Twice, it, what the, or two plays at what the half yard yeah, line yeah, on mean, third and whatever, and whatever, fourth and whatever. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, it just it was it
1: should, but it shouldn't have like come down to that. Play. Yeah,
0: plays. This is like seventy-six plays to sixty-two plays, right? Uh, and, and there was some three and outs there in the second half by the offense. Like it just didn't. They 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 did. They they it felt fairly obvious throughout the course of the game to me, and I'm always like somewhat cautious to put my own perspective on how they're playing on them without talking to them. But when Clark Lee says, yeah, we can, they kind of let off the gas and, well, They kind of let off the gas, but you know, I, it, you're two and oh, I, there there's always lesson. Like it depends on how you extract the lesson from that moment. Um, they punched Hawaii in the teeth. Uh, they punched Elon in the teeth and then they just couldn't bury Elon. So there's a lesson to be extracted from that. And you just hope that this group takes that lesson and carries it to Wake Forest.
1: And on the other hand, there was Mike Wright.
0: Yeah, he was great. Um, he's not... I, I still want to see him continue to evolve as a passer. I mean, that's not a unique statement either, right? I think I'm sure his coaches want him to continue to evolve as a passer. Uh, you know, Clark, Clark said something really interesting on Commodore hour last night, um, as we're recording this today about, about Mike's running too. um, his work in the off season and the strength and conditioning program. And I'm trying to get this right. So I communicate it clearly. Uh, if not folks can go to the anchor podcast page, download the Commodore Hour. I listened it themselves. Um, basically, saying that Mike did work in the off season that gave him strength and acceleration um, on more angles. So he was doing a lot of cutting at right angles last year. He would try to cut hard ninety degrees one way, hard ninety degrees the other way. He's worked on his agility and mobility to the point where. He can slice better. I guess that's perhaps one way to say it. And then he can get from his slicing to his top-end speed faster, so he's able to break the 44-yard touchdown run this year when maybe last year he wouldn't have, or the 87-yard touchdown run this year where he wouldn't have. So you know, we talk about his passing game and, and the continued growth of that, but it, it's probably not um, not to be forgotten the strength and conditioning work that allowed him to not just be a good runner, but an even better runner than he was a season ago. So his game has seen holistic growth, not just from a passing standpoint. This season
1: of the Vandy Sports Podcast has been made possible by my friend, Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. When it comes to general or cosmetic dentistry services, Jody is the best in Nashville. Just check out his client list. It testifies to that. He sees movie stars, music stars, athletes, coaches, you name it. Jody is the dentist of choice for stars in Nashville, but he sees regular folks like you and I as well. What people love about Jody's office is the ambiance. It's relaxing. It's friendly. Go see Jody Jones today. Thank him for his support of this podcast, because without it, this season would not be possible. Well, and the public got to see something that we had seen in spring and fall camp, and that was Jaden McGowan unleashed. That 75-yard touchdown throw was a terrific throw by Mike Wright. Jaden McGowan got open enough, made the catch, and once he caught the ball, uh, you know, sometimes you have to slow down to catch it or whatever, but there was none of that. He did a really good job, I thought, of making that play relatively in stride. And, and really, once he got that separation, there was not going to be any catching him.
0: Well, give credit, too, to Mike and Jaden both on situational awareness. Elon jumped on yeah. that play. Uh, there, there was clear awareness that they had a, a free play, and perhaps Jaden took advantage of a defensive back that was a bit on his heels. Um, and Mike was able to drop back with, you know, slightly less pressure than he typically has. Um, so give, give them credit to know the situation and execute when they had the opportunity. That's part of football too. Right. Um, and, and I think that's, that's obviously been part of the game that Mike is from a passing perspective growing within is, you know understanding the moment within football whether it's you've got this look so you can make these reads uh or you've got someone jumping off sides so you can make that sort of throw uh or you've got a timeout situation that you have to manage like becoming a more thoughtful quarterback rather being rather than being the guy with just this tremendous talent that people can't keep up with uh he's he's obviously made strides in those areas uh and in that particular play to Jaden's credit, but to Mike's credit as well, came with a lot of situational awareness. So that was good.
1: You know, they had a lot of parts out for that game. You look at offensively, Julian Hernandez was out, Quincy Skinner was out. Um, I think they've got a couple other f- receivers who, who maybe Rocko could help them. But, yeah, Rocco Griffin was out, Patrick Smith out. Um, they, they were down a lot of parts for that game
0: which I'm sure was part of it too, right? Uh, it went right from Ray Davis to Chase Gillespie, and I think Chase Gillespie, Chase Gillespie is going to be a nice player for Vanderbilt, but he's still a freshman, and you would rather Chase play, I don't know, 5 to 10 snaps than 10 to 15 at this moment in his career based on what he can do from a blocking understanding, from a hitting-a-hole a standpoint, all that kind of stuff. You know, so that's, that's part of the slowdown, right? That's part of the, we went up 21, nothing, and then ended up winning, what was it, 42 to, to 31. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, you, you want those guys to get healthy, and it sounds like for the most part, they're going to get healthy uh, for the Wake Forest game. Uh, again, talking with Clark on the radio show last night, it, you know, it seems like there will be availability for most of those guys, exactly how many snaps and what it looks like to be determined. Uh, but that's the good news is that most of those guys from Julian Hernandez to Rocco to Quincy to, you know, whoever else, it seems like most of them will have availability.
1: Yeah. No, the disappointing thing is it sounds like there's some defensive linemen that are going to be out a little bit longer.
0: Yeah. Debian and Davis, Devin Lee, Braden Bats—that that's long-term stuff. Um, you know, uh, again, obviously that touches on the depth issue. That touches on uh, the number of snaps that Malik Langham, um, Cecil has to play. All of those guys have to play. Uh, but I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily know what you're you're supposed to to do about it, other than just try to figure out the roster you got in front of you. So, yeah, I, I mean. The health and the stamina and the well-being of all of those guys would be better if they had three to four more bodies out there throughout the course of a, a football game. Uh, but, hey, hey man, you, you play the cards you're dealt, and they're, they're dealt a couple of cards right now to not have Davian Davis and Devin Lee, and those sure do sting. But, okay, time for Malik Langham and Christian James and the rest of the crew to, to make their plays. I mean, and, and how good is Darren been by the way?
1: Yeah, he's, he's uh, made some real plays for them at times.
0: Oh, goodness. He's, he clearly has the, the level of athleticism that Vanderbilt is shooting for in the long run uh, in totality with their roster. Um, so, yeah, let it, let it ride, young man. <laughs> go go out there and get it.
1: Well, uh, the team that's also been dealt a, a different hand of cards this week, maybe Wake Forest, it's starting to sound like Vanderbilt is going to see Sam Hartman on Saturday. Uh,
0: that's That's what I've – seen from the old uh, bird app there with Pete Sammel tweeting it out and everybody else tweeting it out at this point in time, which I don't know, right? Uh, you know, the, the easy reaction is um, the easy reaction is, I mean, like, first off, you're happy for Hartman it's a, not to state the obvious, but you know, you want to go beat the best at their best and all that sort of stuff. So good for that young man that, that obviously is a very important piece. Uh, to their football program. Um, the easy reaction is, you know, oh, too bad, <laughs> too bad. It wasn't next week when he comes back for this week, uh, you know, I don't know. Like I, I, I will never forget ever. One of the more remarkable games. I feel like I worked was a two lane Tulsa football game and Tulane had Tulsa for two and a half, three stinking quarters. The starter goes down. The backup goes down and then the third stringer comes in and slices Tulane. They get a hail Mary at the end of the game and win it in overtime on a walk off pick six. And you're talking about the third stringer that did that. So you never know is my point. Um, I'm sure Hartman will come in to first bank stadium, very healthy, very ready, but it's still going to be his first game of the season. So you just, You just don't know. Uh, For that kid's sake, I'm glad he's healthy, but simply going to the I wish he wasn't playing thing, while it might end up being true, it's not guaranteed to be true. Uh, You've seen any number of situations where the backup or the third stringer rolls in and you're going, wait a minute, can we have the starter back? So You just never know.
1: Uh, By the way, how used to you Used to it? Are you to saying First Bank Stadium?
0: I love it. Yeah, um, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm not. It helps I pay mean, the it, bills. <laughs> it, well, that's uh, that's the uh, Chris <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> We're at work. We're an athletic department at work these days.
1: Hey, uh, no, no judgment we, here. I'm just, I'm just saying it, eh, it. may take me a while to get used to it.
0: I know. I and and anyone that has been around the program longer than I have, a thousand percent it, it will. They'll still be calling it Vanderbilt Stadium in five years. I, I don't have, I don't have that sort of, you know, what? They, did they rename the Carrier Dome already? I can't remember. I honestly, I cannot. I know they're working on that up at Syracuse, right? Or, yeah, I, or I, I don't
1: know school. that either.
0: Right, but but that would be the equivalency for me. Yeah, you know, like I went to school at Syracuse. That's been in my orbit for a long period of time. And if you extract Carrier off of that name, I'm going to have a hard time, and it's going to take me longer. I don't have the equity. Uh, at the moment on Vanderbilt Stadium, but I know we're an athletic department at work. So if, uh, if it provides some resources to do a few things, then giddy up. <laughs> Is Carrier
1: Dome air-conditioned yet?
0: No, that's the whole... Well, I, don't, <laughs> I, I think it's going to be. That's the whole, that's the whole okay. joke, right? Like it's right. made after an air-conditioning, an HVAC company, and they, it's a 98... I, it's so, it gets so hot in that building. Um, I think it might be. I think they're working on it. They've had to change the roof uh, and I, I, I can't remember if they're finished with that broad, uh, project, like the, the roof, the bubble, uh, was on the verge of, you know, going from, uh, uh, <laughs> let's see if I can't get it right. Con convex to concave. Or uh, that sounds rotting. right. I'm trying to,
1: <laughs> I think that's correct. <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah. It was on the verge of collapsing. Um, <laughs> So yeah, that place is. I I love it because I went there, but it's it's you know it it could use a power wash and a fresh coat of paint. <laughs>
1: right, that that has been around a while now. 1980. Goodness, I didn't
0: realize it was that old. Mm-hmm. I think the first season was. It was maybe built in '79, and the first season was 1980. There's the whole famous, um, uh, the original, you know, J, John Thompson beat Syracuse at uh, Manly Fieldhouse, which is where they played basketball beforehand, and he opened, up, he opened up his press conference, or he closed his press conference by saying, Manly Fieldhouse is officially closed. So Georgetown beat Syracuse, and he basically oh. you know, stomped, on, stomped on the legacy. So, yeah, there's, there's some fun story. Requiem for the Big East was a great 30-for-30. 30 30.
1: Yeah, I, w- I would like to see that. I need to. Um, let's see. Let's just go to the mailbag. How about that? Let's do it. All right. The mailbag is sponsored by Sutherland and Belk, a family-owned injury law firm. If you or a loved one has been hurt in an accident, give Taylor or Russell a call, 615-846-6200. See what your rights are and if they can help. Uh, let's see. The superior wants to know your thoughts on Vanderbilt adding more sports in the future.
0: Well, volleyball is in the mix, uh, which is nice. Uh, I, I mean, this may not be an engaging answer, but I, I, I don't know that I've got super strong feelings on it, not in the positive or the negative. Um, you know, we're, we are here for the student athlete experience. And if we can provide those people with something positive, both from like a truly athletic Competitive standpoint, I don't mean to reduce those sports at all, but that's a good thing. Um, you can talk to any number of people that were tennis players in college or, you know, what sort of world that opened up for them. So from a, um, really human experience level, it's, it's always great to do that sort of stuff. I don't know that I have, uh, any deep thoughts. I mean, we're, we're, we're under sport by SEC standards, right? I, I don't know if it's 16, 17, or 18. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, but we're on the low end. Um, so, you know, if, if we can continue to provide opportunities like that and be competitive and compete for championships, I think that's great. And, you know, I think, Chris, one of the things that that you and I have talked about, and I've talked about with others, is, uh, you know, Candace Lee wants to compete at a championship level. Uh, so I don't, I don't think we're going to add a sport for the sake of handing out participation trophies. If we're going to add volleyball or whatever else might come up down the road, we're going to do it with the intent of being competitive in the SEC. So, you know, I, I know that's the mindset from Candace Lee. So, I, it, you know, I'm all for it.
1: Okay, next one. Peter wants to know the loudest, the loudest stadium where you have called a game.
0: Um. So I would, I would always say so it, it depends on how much you want to parse, parse the language of that question. Uh, I never called a football game at Lane Stadium uh, but that's the loudest stadium I've ever been in. Um, doing sideline for Virginia Tech at home was significantly more challenging than doing sideline for Virginia Tech almost anywhere else. Um just the way the the stadium is constructed, the sound funnels down on you and you have a really hard time hearing things, you know, five feet in front of you. Meaning if I'm trying to listen in on position group meetings, which I did frequently, oftentimes I was doing my best to read lips at Virginia Tech, whereas at Pittsburgh, for example, I could hear the whole conversation. Um Lane stadium is the loudest football stadium I've ever been in. And I've been in, you know, the shoe for Virginia tech versus Ohio state, uh, Clemson for a game, uh, Notre Dame for a game, um, you know, a battle at Bristol, Virginia tech versus Tennessee. That was, that felt gladiatorial, but it still wasn't as loud as lane. Um, you know, in terms of me actually calling a football game, uh, you know, so probably some of the games that we've done within the SEC are, are way up there. And, you know, the, the kind of the quirky one that I always say sometimes too, is I did a WNIT championship game <laughs> between Virginia Tech women's basketball in Indiana at assembly hall. Uh, those people love their hoops. I mean, like, I know we care about Memorial magic and, you know, I, I've 100% heard all of the stories about. You know, when Shane Foster goes off for everything he did or what Memorial was back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And I I wholeheartedly, 100% believe that place was jumping. Um, Man, Assembly Hall was loud for a WNIT game, which I don't know if it's the loudest I've ever been in, but just the juxtaposition of a WNIT championship game and the energy of that crowd always stuck with me.
1: VA 72 asks when broadcasting in football, how do you decide to use the phrases down to the blank yard line or up to the blank yard line? I've heard different broadcasters do it differently.
0: What a, what a remarkably nuanced question and kudos Uh, who asked that question.
1: That's VA 72.
0: Do you know DA 72? Do we have a first name on DA? I
1: I, I do not.
0: Okay. All right. I was going to like, if it's, if it's like David or something, I was going to say. It's actually, actually
1: V is in Virginia Tech.
0: Oh, so. V. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I don't, you know, uh, Vince, uh, good question. Um, you know what? I, it's the weird, so I would think, I would think when you're going to, and I'm, I'm I don't really have a hard and fast policy. I think my gut reaction in real time is, if you're up to something, you're working toward the 50. And if you're down to something or down yeah. inside, you're, you're past the fifteen on the opposite end of the field. I, I think that's probably the most simplistic way to do it. Um, you know, I, I don't really... Some, there are some announcers that are so very great at parsing through the technicalities of verbiage. Um, and for better or for worse... I'm not necessarily one of those guys. I get more, I get more engaged and captivated by announcers who are really good at, at really, really good at being smooth, really good at controlling their voice, things that I very much wish that I was better at. So like, you know, I, my friend, Mike cousins did the LSU, uh, four state game, uh, for ESPN radio. And he finished off his call with something along the lines of like LSU fans, in melancholy sadness like he's he's super into like the how well can i articulate the english language in this situation um i wish i was a little bit better at that kind of stuff but my ears are often grabbed by um the performance end of our job rather than like the the like the the super parsing of up to versus down to i do my best to get it right like i i mean i know the sport i don't use inappropriate language or verbiage but but my uh my brain you know like the my brain gets fired up by guys that are really good at the performance end of what we do you may
1: have your hands full of the wake forest given that offense that it runs
0: the slow mesh thing yes you know i i need to go back and watch some of their game against bmi i but i i, I will say this i The only reason I'm, I'm not, um, and I'm going to eat my words. Uh, the only reason I'm not terribly, uh, nervous, I guess is the right word. Um, is because, you know, for two years at, at Tulane, I saw it maybe around the triple option and like, you're just holding your breath, trying to figure out who's got the football, uh, trying to learn the distinction between a back and B back and, Proper terminology in, in that offense. That one, that was a mountain to climb. I remember doing that, being like, I don't know, I'm just going to do my best here. Um, so I, I, I'll go back and I'll watch some stuff against Bmi for them, and I am sure, I am sure, I will see some stuff where I'm going like, ooh, this is going to be a little dicey. Uh, but you surround yourself with a good crew, a good spotter. You know, Norm is great, uh, Kevin's great, and you know, we all we all find the football and we, <laughs> you know, do our <laughs> do our best not to goof it up too bad.
1: How far in are you into your prep for wake?
0: Not, not far. Uh, yeah. to be candid with you. Um, um, I would say, I would say I'm usually at a pretty good spot by the end of the day on Thursday. And then Friday is your, you know, printing stuff out, setting up the booth, making sure you're organized hit the road. If you're leaving, whatever. So, uh, I try to put all prep work to bed uh, by, by Thursday. So I'm, uh, Monday is very much Commodore hour, clean up the message from the previous week, whatever it is, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday are, um, you know, gather interviews, prep, um, you know, do other things that we're doing like shoot social media videos or, you know, I'm setting up a, we got uh, someone coming up to the booth for a halftime interview, setting up their credentials and all that kind of stuff. So that's where we are.
1: Well, it should be a fun one on Saturday. Big, big opportunity for Vanderbilt. If it could win this one, um, you don't want to say program-changing win. That might be a little much, but it might be close. So tell folks about your broadcast on Saturday, anything they need to know about game day, all those things. The floor is yours here.
0: Yeah, I I do. I do think you're right. I don't think uh, I don't always buy into the must win sort of stuff or the narrative stuff uh, because the work ethic sort of kind of takes care of that for you. But I know there are people searching for validation and proof of concepts of what we've seen the first two weeks. And if you play well and or win against Wake Forest, you will have validated what you have felt over the previous two weeks. So I understand uh, the weight of this moment and what it could do for the the talking point within this city and within these walls uh, for this football program. Um, I would, uh, I would say there's a lot going on Saturday, which is great. We've got sec nation. I know that they're at the commons Um, for folks that maybe that's not, their scene or they've got kids or whatever, uh, provided that the weather holds out, we will be over part of Vandyville uh, for our tailgate show. Um, We're going to be in the, like the family slash kid zone area. So if you're out there with your kids, uh, we'll be out there uh, doing our pregame show with Kevin and Norman. Um, You know, I was saying that we're going to have someone in the booth. Um, I appreciate uh, his name, CJ solar. Uh, He's written two number one hits for a couple of country music stars in this city. Uh, And he's got his own album. We've been featuring his stuff throughout the course of the season. So he's going to stop by the booth and, I'm going to kind of give him the floor to talk about what he's up to. Um, I appreciate him stopping by and letting, uh, letting us use his music throughout the course of the season. Uh, 93.3 Classic Hits is the radio station here in Nashville. Uh, if you struggle uh, with that at any point in time based on where you live, um, the Vanderbilt Athletics app uh, is, is brand new uh, and I think is very accessible. Uh, For the radio broadcast, there's a live audio button at the bottom of the Vanderbilt Athletics app. Um, You just hit the live audio button, hit the football broadcast, and that's it, and that's all. And, Chris, and (laughs) uh, for those that stream the games and don't watch them straight on cable, I have found if at any point in time you get, and this is a Norm Jordan word, persnickety with the TV announcers, uh, because maybe they mispronounce some of our players' names, I have found that if you stream your TV and you, sh- and you pull up our broadcast via streaming, they're almost always synced up identical without with maybe like one or two seconds, <coughs> which is easy to line up. So I'm simply presenting that as an option as well. If you're, if you're looking to sync your TV and radio, uh, especially if you stream both, they tend to line up pretty good so there you go there's my long spiel and as always we we appreciate people pulling us up whenever they pull us up
1: yeah i hope people will do that and i look forward to talking with you again very soon
0: uh you too chris it's been a delight
1: yeah it's 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 fun to have sports to talk about after (laughs) a long off season of regurgitating the same thing so here we are
0: (laughs) Who's your Mount Rushmore of people that played second base in 1983? <laughs> that, that feels yeah. like a sports talk show.
1: Right uh, yeah, that that feels like a summer topic for sure.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Take well, care, well, my friend.
0: See you. Appreciate it.